produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, or is it Dazzling Duo? Daring Duo? It's 2019. <laughs> it's the Dashing, Daring, Dazzling Duo. It's 2019. Let's there we, we go. Pick, we can pick a new one. Daring Duo. I kind of like that one, yeah. Okay. Daring Duo. It is the Daring Duo. Derek and myself, Mike. So uh, I, I did not. I like it when you put my name first, too. <laughs> I did not play that for you before show. What'd you think of the new intro? Well, I liked it, but now I'm very confused. <laughs> Between the new intro and the core date, I'm all messed up now. <laughs> <laughs> true we are if you've been wondering where's the new episode oh why is it so late okay it's not late because i was late uh we have moved our recordings to friday nights now so the show's gonna come out on the weekends either saturday or sunday um and wookie radio is now being recorded on wednesdays so but mighty marvel geeks is still the same thursdays it's the only show that didn't change (laughs) my schedule (laughs) um but um no, I, I want to thank uh, my friend who is an actor at the same place that I work at um, and also is a comedian here in the Orlando area and a voice actor. Uh, his name's Carl. Thank you, Carl, for helping us again with that, that intro. He's the one who's also behind when I play this at the end of shows. Want to know more? That's him. Uh, if you heard other shows on our network, on the Weeby Geeks network, this is his voice as well. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. He's the guy behind this. Back at the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair. And some of those other ones we did. He's the voice behind all that. And so I just want to say very big thanks to Carl for that. I think it makes the new intro a little bit snazzier. Hopefully it explains why we have went with the word citizen as the name on our jerseys from our shop. Yeah, I like the new intro. It's good. Yeah. I, I'm, but when you played it, I, I forget when you started it that we had a new intro. So I was like, what? What is What? <laughs> But I think it leads into our theme song fairly well as well. And of course, the eyes, the eyes only bit too. Um, It kind of fits. You know, we're still your official voice of the geek revolution because that's what we believe we're in is a geek revolution. Um, But we're playing off that Starship Troopers Dark Angel vibe. God, I miss that show, Dark Angel. Mm. That was a fun show. I would love to see a new version of that come out. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. With with some of the original cast playing the newer, playing themselves in this current time time frame, and let the show mm. age the same yeah. amount of years. So, Jessica Alba would be fun to watch. Sure, as an older, maybe leading a newer group. She's always, so Jessica is always fun to watch. Yes. About the only decent thing of the the second Fantastic Four series. Yeah. Get a chance to hear the Mighty Marvel Geeks interview with the gang from the fan, from Corman's Fantastic Four. As a matter of fact, I just listened to it today. Finally, what'd you think? It was good stuff. Uh, it was a fun night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was ni- it. It was nice to hear them all talk about it too. Yeah, and, so, and you know because it could have been just like oh, it was just another movie, but they, no. they had some. Uh, well, as you heard, they really put their hearts into the film. Yeah, and even as campy as the effects were i'm sorry that film still as i said on that episode or that issue um that was the closest one to being true to the books 
I will say, other than the the special effects, it was the best Fantastic Four movie we've had. Yes. Both story-wise, character-wise, everything. Like I said, very kept very true to the feel and idea of the books. Right. Um, I think if it was able to be redone today, that same script, with the way technology is now, I think the effects would be a lot better. Even with Roger Corman, I think the effects would be a lot better. Mm-hmm. But you know, for the 90s, the effects weren't bad for 94. We'd look at it now and go, okay, cheese. But then again, Howard the Duck, the effects in that, cheese. Uh, and that was 89. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> I have to say anything. I was just agreeing with you. Question I saw. Once to- again, my favorite, I love Howard the Duck because I had a crush on Leah Thompson. But uh, as far as the movie, it's no. <laughs> Leah Thompson. Bed, the scene where she crawls across the bed. Have mercy. Oh, to have been a teenager back in the 80s with that film. <laughs> that was, while. what was it, 89? Yeah. So we went from 83. I was 15. I think when that film came out, I was 18. Because <laughs> it came out before August. It, it was a summer film, I think. Crap. I know Batman was a summer film. That was 80. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess. My dad took me to see Batman. He did not take me to see Howard the Duck. I saw both on my own. Then again, I had a car. <laughs> At that point in time. So, uh, Howard the Duck was 86. I was 16. August 1st, 1986, I was 15. 1986, I was 12. So just at the start. Mm. See, for me, yep. it, it went 83, Slave Leia. Yeah. To, I'm trying to remember which came. Is it Weird Science? Oh, yeah. Weird Science in 85 with Kelly LeBlanc. Okay, now mm. I got, actually, no, Woman in Red first, and because that was like the first PG-13 movie I saw. Oh, really? And, um, the sh- I mean, yeah, we, we see a little side nudity, kind of. Mm, yeah. um, like, uh, I'm going to share with you on screen, even though the listeners can't hear this, there was that scene. Oh, right, yeah. But at the end of the film, there was the scene where she walked out in her robe, and the bottom half was quite open. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's how it got the PG-13. So we went from there with Kelly <laughs> LeBrock to Weird Science with Kelly LeBrock. So we, we're going 83, 84, 85, 86, Leah Thompson. Uh-huh. Mm. I don't remember 87, 88, or 89, what the what my movie crush was. But, yeah, yeah. Um, Some good ones. Before we go any further, start, we, we briefly touched on it. Check out the homepage. Down the right-hand side of the page on WeBeGeeks.net is our affiliates, plus our shop, where you can get t-shirts, hockey jerseys, baseball jerseys, hats, winter hats, because... For some of y'all, it's cold as heck out there. That would be me. So you 19 get, degrees today. So you should get your Wookie Radio or Weeby Geeks knit hat. That way you have it. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Uh, some sweatshirts, pullover and zip-up hoodies, uh, tanks, tees. Because I know eventually I'm getting a hoodie. I don't know for which show yet. Probably Weeby mm. Geeks. But I, Derek will test. I'm a hoodie guy. I'm not wearing a jersey. I'm wearing a hoodie. Sure. Except for tonight, which is <laughs> rare. Jersey's in the other room just in case I need it. Um, so yeah, check out our affiliates, check out our store. Uh, we are still, I forgot to mention on Wookiee Radio, buy something Wookiee Radio merchandise, which we are running that contest. Got till the end of March. Winter will be, an, actually got till March 15th, the right. eyes of March. Put a picture up on Twitter or on our Instagram, tag us in it, because we want to see your best picture with you in Wookiee Radio merchandise. I know this is Weeby Geeks, but I want to promote this contest. Contest. Show us your best Wookiee Radio merchandise, and we are in the process of coming up with a great prize pack, because uh, JTC has said he will contribute to it as well. So, uh, get some great stuff. Still working on some details on that, um, trying to figure out what to get, but some great stuff coming. So, we want to see those pictures. If persuaded, we may do the same thing second quarter for Weeby Geeks, going from April to 
from March, April to June. Hmm. Actually, I may run it for two months. That way you got something going into Memorial Weekend, maybe. It's a surprise pack. Or mid-June. Figure it out. Good idea. So, so yeah. We're going to do Wookiee Radio first, then Weeby Geeks next. So, um, but speaking of events, Stan Lee is going to be honored by Kevin Smith, Mark Hamill, and more at a L.A. tribute event. I hope someone records this and this gets yeah. released somewhere. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, this is being titled Excelsior, a Stan Lee celebration. And it's going to take place January 30th at the TCL Chinese Theater. Uh, now, uh, this is going to be a all-star tribute. Uh, filmmaker, uh, who is a Hollywood reporter, broke this story. Uh, filmmaker and comics fan Kevin Smith, fan-driven investment company Legion M, brand company Agents of Mayhem, and Stanley's Pow Entertainment are behind the event. I want to check out that Legion M and figure out how we get involved in that as well. Yeah, it's that's fan driven. I would, I would love to me if it's something where, hey, ten bucks gives me something, then hey, I may pay ten bucks to be a part of that. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. I see it pop up every now and then on uh, my Facebook. Um, so anyhow, a number of tickets will be available to fans beginning. January 9th, which has passed. Um, I guess we'll be keep, keep going until they're sold out. Um, and the proceeds is going to Hero Initiative, which is great, great cause. This will be yeah. a huge fundraiser for Hero. And Hero does a mm. lot. Uh, they do a lot out there. Um, I wish conventions would pay more attention to Hero Initiative and invite them to to be a part of their convention and even make a donation to Hero. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm good friends with the Southern Regional uh, head of Hero Initiative here in Orlando. And uh, it's a cause I, I strongly believe in. Um, I mean, if we were to do something for charity, I'd probably do a split charity between Hero Initiative and uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation with because of Give Kids World Village here mm. in the Orlando area. There's kind of two causes that are, are uh, dear to me. And I know with Zoe, she might even try and convince me to also do something with the Humane Society or a ASCPA. Yeah, something for yeah, that's for, those, for that's pets. What I would. So those those would be the I think those would be the three causes that we'd be up for. Hero, Hero Initiative, Make a Wish, and uh, and some Animal Humane Society group. So um, now. The courtyard portion. Okay. So the, the public appreciation in the theater's courtyard and a private tribute inside. Uh, the courtyard portion will feature an art exhibit celebrating Lee's legacy by pop culture artist Rob Pryor. Uh, mm. Select costumes and props from his cameos and creations. A musical performance and special moment of remembrance centered around his hand and foot imprints. Mm. Now, in the theater, Smith will hold conversations with Mark Hamill, uh, Rob Liefeld, uh, Batman executive producer Michael Uslan, Daredevil direct actor Vincent D'Onofrio, hip-hop artists RZA, was it Raza? Arza? Rizza. Rizza. Okay. Sorry, I'm not into that hip-hop thing, dude. Neither am I. I just happen to know that one. Uh, X-Men and Transformers producer Tom DeSanto uh, as well. The, the evening is going to be rounded off with video tributes and live performances of Stan's favorite music and poetry. Also in attendance will be J.C. Lee. Um, cool. So, uh, Powell was founded by Lee and Gil Champion in 2001 um, and is the owner of the Stan Lee name and original content he created since 2001. Uh, and now Guild Champion sees and Power Entertainment now sees itself as the guardian of his legacy, which is cool that they're doing that. Yeah, um, definitely. So, um, so yeah, it's gonna be a fitting tribute. I think it's gonna be cool. I want to see. I got. I want to see this so bad. Wish we could be I there. Know, I would but love to see it. I, I, would, I would. love to see it. Mm. So I'll let you get on to the next st- story. What actually I just found out to invest in Legion M. It's a hundred bucks minimum. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So. Okay. Well. <laughs> that's that's uh, a <laughs> could be fun, but wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking of things that could be fun, let's take a little trip, sort of, into the trailer park, as uh, we're gonna talk about a trailer or trailers, I should say, and that is. Uh, 
There we go. <laughs> exactly. Um, Yeehaw! So, of course, the uh, perhaps one of, one of the, if not the biggest movie <clears throat> coming out this year, excuse me, is Avengers Endgame. Never and we heard of it. And we have our, um, it's this little independent film that I think Legion M might have helped with. Um, <laughs> so that's um, where my 100 bucks goes, independent films. I can be down with that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, of course, and Avengers Endgame coming from Marvel Studios, you know, the uh, the big uh, climax to the last 10 years of Marvel films. Um, and we've already seen a trailer for it, a little teaser trailer, a little, open, little, uh, little bit of stuff to whet your appetite um but of course we'll probably see more trailers before the movie comes out and the funny thing about trailers is uh they're both good and bad sometimes because obviously you it's good because you want to see some stuff from the movie so it's always good to see stuff but sometimes trailers can be bad because think of how many times you might have seen a trailer that gave away a little too much of a movie uh, it unfortunately happens more often than it should, which is never. <laughs> but uh, there's word that it's quite possible that the trailers for Avengers Endgame will only will will not show anything outside of the first 15 minutes of the movie. And I hope that's true because. That would be spectacular. So the only things that would get spoiled in the trailer would be stuff out of the first 15 minutes of the movie. And we would have no idea about the rest of the movie. And that's the way it should be, I think. Um, so, of course, uh, Kevin Feige was at the Golden Globes last week, the 76 Golden Globes, and he said it was somewhat accurate oh, this wow. word about 15 minutes. So what he actually said was, I'd call it somewhat accurate, as was the case with a lot of our films, this one in particular being able to generate a lot of excitement without giving away one of the many, many, many secrets. I think the Disney marketing team is the best in the world and will be able to pull it off. I think so. I think so, too. Um, of course, Feige has also mentioned that he's extremely pleased with the movie, which is excellent, but also, I mean, really, what else is he going to say? But, you know, um, and then he uh, he goes on to say, we did Infinity War and Endgame at the same time, but those have been the longest gestating movies we've ever made. Four years now, almost five years, and it was always about delivering on the promise that we had set up. And the way the world received Infinity War was amazing. It was exactly what we wanted. Now, the other thing is, if you'll recall, in the trailers for Infinity War, there were scenes that, that did not end up in the movie. Right. A couple of things, which that happened. Happens often. Uh, um, Rogue One was a perfect example of that. Exactly what I was thinking of. But in this case, there's also been speculation that maybe some of the stuff we saw in the trailer that didn't appear in Infinity War could wind up in Endgame. Who knows? It's a possibility since they were shot back it's to a, back. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> but um, definitely, I think that would definitely be a smart strategy to not show anything past the first 15 minutes. That way you definitely will not spoil anything. And I think I think that's what all movies should do, really. Yeah. Especially the worst, like when you see a trailer for a comedy and all the jokes are ruined in the trailer. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> mm. But anyway... Let's hope they stick to that. Well, we can hope. Um, I don't, um, well, Kevin Feige and Adam McKay are also discussing a Silver Surfer film. <laughs> uh, according to the hashtag show, um, all signs are pointing. Uh, they're saying all signs are pointing to Disney and Fox finalizing their deal within the next several weeks, which means before long, Kevin Feige gets his hands on hundreds of new characters, um, especially those that have been off limits to the MCU. Uh, now, while fans are pressuring Feige to cram cameos into Avengers Endgame, sorry, folks, it's already been shot. Um, the head yeah, honcho has made it's not realistic. Yeah, it's not realistic. Um, head honcho, the head honcho has made it clear he's more inclined to take his time, develop a plan, and make sure the next iterations of X Men and Fantastic Four are to appear on screen will be the best possible versions. This is where I want to say. I want to see them release direct to vi 
video or direct Blu-ray disc, sort of like they did a few years ago, and I missed it for the 1990 Captain America. That ended up at Target for like 10 bucks. Oh, I missed that. So oh. I'm, tr- I'm trying to track it down. Um, release Roger Corman's 94 and, and just put it out there. Make legal, uh, make it legal, a legal copy. Yep. Get it out there. Yeah. If you want to know how to get a hold of it, listen to our episode of Mighty Marvel Geeks and it, it's information's there. Um, so now recently director Adam McKay made it known that helming a solo Silver Surfer project would be a dream come true. In an interview with happy, sad, confused Josh Horowitz, McKay talked about the cosmic side of the Marvel. What, what do you mean? Oh, nothing. It was just the happy, sad, what? Happy, sad, confused. Ah, oh, okay. I see. I guess that's the name of the website. <laughs> Interesting. Hey, anyway, they could be geeks continue. too. Continue. Um, but he said, um, before zeroing in on the Herald of Galactus, uh, he was saying, but Silver Surfer, man, that's one I want to do. I would do anything to do Silver Surfer because visually that would be just be, you know, you could do what Wachowski's did with Speed racer with the silver surfer no please don't do what wakowski's did with speed racer that was mm. that was horrible yeah it was i couldn't even watch the whole thing so um now mtv news asked feige about the idea of um silver surfer and they asked him at the golden globes this past weekend uh and, of course, Feige said he's open to the idea, and he indicated that McKay, he and McKay had discussed the project the same night. Uh, quote from him, I've not gotten a call, but I've seen Adam tonight and at a number of these award shows, and he is not only, as everybody knows, an incredibly smart guy, he's an honest-to-goodness fan. And you know he did a lot of sort of behind-the-scenes help with us on the first Ant-Man film. And have you seen Vice? A little cameo, a little Galactus cameo uh, that we helped him get. So I look forward to speaking with him more. Um, now, McKay from the awards ceremony was quoted in saying, there actually has been some discussion about Silver Surfer. My agent certainly woke up. They were excited. We're in the middle of, you know, backing Vice right now. Uh, who knows? In a couple of months, it could pop up. I'm really excited by that idea and we'll see what happens um mckay and feige apparently have a really fantastic working relationship um he's also had conversations with the studio about potentially helming a inhumans film that never happened and possibly taking the reins for guardians of the galaxy volume three um we don't know why mckay didn't agree to any of those projects but perhaps he's waiting for the right time to pitch his passion right time to pitch his passion project to Feige. Oh. Uh, I want to know what else has McKay done besides Vice. Let's find out. Adam McKay. Um, best known for, who's a writer on Ant-Man, producer on Vice, uh, writer on The Big Short, producer on The Other Guys. Hmm. Um, he's a producer on Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters 2. God, why? But I just also heard, too, that um, Coming to America 2 is being greenlit. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know if you've seen any of this show. He was executive producer for 37 episodes of Drunk History. I haven't seen it, but I know of it. I've seen some of it. And it's like, okay, kind of funny, kind of not. <laughs> he was producer on Holmes and Watson. Ooh. Yeah. Um, trying to see what other... Apparently that has not been doing well. See, I, I don't mind Will Ferrell. I don't mind Riley. I just thought that was yeah. a... I just thought that was a wrong movie to be a part of. Yeah. Or a yeah, wrong thing for them to tackle. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it pissed off a lot of Sherlock Holmes fans. I'm sure it did. Maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. It was producer of Get on Get Hard. Let's Get Hard. Oh, the Will Ferrell going to jail and okay oh yeah producer on anchorman 2 uh Producer so on Hansel have, and Gretel Witch so, Does that mean we're going to have Will Ferrell playing Silver Surfer? God, no. <laughs> Executive producer of the director, or the dictator, sorry. Hmm. Um, Executive producer of three episodes of Between Two Ferns was Zach Alphanakis. He did hmm. Tila Tequila, Bruce Willis, and Sean Penn. Um, we already said the other guys. Um, 
He was executive producer of Talladega Nights, The Battle of Ricky Bobby. Why do I have a funny feeling? And executive producer of Step Brothers. Mm. Why do I have a funny feeling? He, Will Ferrell, could potentially end up with a cameo. <laughs> yeah. Question is, would you be okay with Will Ferrell having a cameo in The Silver Surfer? Yeah. <clears throat> if it's just a cameo. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing Riley in it. I mean, when he's done some semi-serious stuff... He's been great as well. Well, yeah, but he was <clears throat> he was in don't forget he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Never mind. So, don't want I mean, to double up. Well, he could he could he could still play the same part. True. True. Well, it depends on how much Guardians they tie in with it. Mm. Apparently, he has acting credits in for 15 films. Really? Huh. Yeah. Uh, he's the man without glasses in Step Brothers. Yeah. Dirty Mike and the other guys. Terry Chavo in Talladega Nights. Hmm. Uh, custodian in Anchorman. And apparently, he's done a lot of work with Saturday Night Live as well. Hmm. So, uh, I could see potential there. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he was head writer for NBC's Saturday Night Live for two seasons. I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not afraid of him. Um, apparently, no. he has a very creative partnership with Will Ferrell. Um, I just don't know if I want, obviously, he can do movies without Will Ferrell. Because I believe yeah. Vice does not have Will Ferrell, Ferrell in it, I don't think. Not that I'm aware of, no. Uh, the other thing. He seems very comedy oriented. Yeah, but is Vice really that? Is it really a comedy? Well, yeah, they're saying it's a biographical comedy drama. Yeah, it's listed as a comedy, so, but I haven't seen it, so I don't know for sure, but. Okay. Can Silver Surfer have some comedic values, considering how... Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, just the nature of the character himself, being so deadpan, sort of like Drax, taking things so literal? Yeah, as long as they, as long as they don't go deep into the comedic territory. Yeah. Like, don't make a joke out of the Silver Surfer, but, you know, you can definitely have a little, little bit of comedy in there. I'd just be curious to know, if you brought in Will Ferrell with it, um, well, according to according to this, Will Ferrell was a producer on uh, on Vice, and Adam McKay directed and produced and wrote, so hmm. um, I don't know, I, I could see maybe him bringing Will Ferrell in for some money to help produce it. Yeah, I guess so. And then a, then a bit cameo, which could be comedic in nature. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that makes that interesting. But if he's really into Silver Surfer, then yeah, well, give it a shot. Worst case scenario, you do like you did with, with Ant-Man. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, still make him part of it, but remove him from the film. That's what happened with, the, what's his name on Ant-Man? Right, right. Yeah. Oh, what? Why can't I not think of his name? Edgar Wright. Yes. Yes, thank you. Edgar White, right, whatever. Um, <laughs> apparently, Paul Rudd was part of that writing team as well. So, um, so yeah, but yet there's more. Indeed. Well, let's move away from the movie side of things and move to the Disney Plus streaming service. And uh, there's been a lot of interesting things coming out about that, about the Disney Plus, about the things that will be on it. And uh, the latest news that actually came out today, I believe, is that there could possibly be a series coming out based on the character, the Marvel character, Lady Sif, who you might remember from the Thor movies. Right. Uh, so this, com this comes from Discussing Films, Discussing Film, and it says that the Marvel is currently in the planning stages on a Lady Stiff, Stiff, <laughs> Lady Sif series uh, with Jamie Alexander, who played Lady Sif in the movies. Uh, and of course, Kevin Feige to produce. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no word. Hmm? I said okay. Oh. There's no word on whether or not the series will be set before or after the events of Thor Ragnarok, um, in which Lady Sif was absent while Asgard was destroyed. Um, one, one little uh, hitch on this is that Jamie Alexander's uh, representatives have not responded to the site for request for comment 
the discussing film. Uh, and she is actually still committed to her NBC series Blind Spot that is currently in its fourth season. So there could be some scheduling conflicts there. Um, and of course, this is just another of a list of potential projects that we've heard about from Marvel Studios for the Disney Plus series, uh, Disney Plus service. Uh, and so far, we've only had one actual confirmation with Disney chairman Bob Iger confirming that there will be a Loki series, definitely. And Tom Hiddleston is expected to come back to play his role as Loki, the god of mischief, that he that will be made, awesome. uh, which he pretty much made his. Um, but there's been some weird rumors recently that uh, Loki could undergo some changes and possibly come back as Kid Loki, uh, which is inspired by the popular run uh, with the character from Marvel Comics Journey into Mystery and also in Thor. Um, in which it was a whole thing. Loki died as he does, as he has many times. He's been a woman. He's been a kid. Uh, who knows what else he's been at various points in his, his existence. And the kid Loki has recently made a comeback in the comics. Hmm. Interesting. Of course, uh, you know, other series we've heard about is the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, one with Vision and Scarlet Witch that uh, was last word was it could be getting a showrunner right. who is the writer of Captain Marvel uh, Jack Schaefer yep. and uh, the good thing is Kevin Feige has has confirmed that Marvel Studios is going to be a big part of Disney Plus um, and uh, basically what he says he said is uh, he said Marvel he said Disney Plus is yes uh, a big factor for Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, which is another exciting avenue and another exciting thing about being at this place at this time and goes back to the amount of characters we have and the amount of stories we could tell. And um, intriguing. So, you know, yes, and he was talking about how he talked about how Disney Plus could be a good way to expand the MCU uh, saying uh, when we announced 10 movies and people ask, well, what about these other things? <clears throat> the previous stance would be we only have a certain number of slots to make movies per year. That's still true, but we have another outlet I think will be very unique and very special. So, basically the Disney Plus will give them the opportunity to do things that they might not be uh, willing to spend the, the money on an entire movie right. for. So, why not do it as a series on Disney Plus? So, we could see some interesting um, corners of the Marvel Universe explored in future series. Yeah. That could be very exciting. I think so. I would still like to see a Ghost Rider show myself. I, I think we've talked about it over on we be Ge or Mighty Marvel Geeks. Would love to see a Midnight Suns show. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, um, not oh, saying. Man, there's but, so many possible. Not saying, but saying. I, I, I'm still going to pitch it. I I want my, uh, <laughs> I want my Howling Commandos. I know it's not what it you thought happen. I was going to say. No, no, not at all. I don't want a Howard. If we get Howard the Duck, I no, would I knew you were going to say Howling Commandos because that's, <laughs> you've said it enough times on Mighty Marvel Geeks. If we got Howard the Duck, I would want it to be an animated series. Well, that could be interesting, yeah. So... That's what I would want. So hopefully that sounds acceptable. Mm. Now, I wonder, there's been no word yet on animated series at all, has there? No. Other than like the Clone Wars, but no. Hmm, interesting. Because the majority of it's over on uh, Disney XD, except for yeah. except for uh, Resistance, which Resistance right. is on, um, whatchamacallit, it's on Disney. Right. So that's where we are with that. Hmm. Is that Newman? Yep. I've I barely heard him. To, I think he wants to start a fight. Uh oh. Howard's off limits, Newman. He's got <laughs> he knows quack foo. Okay, speaking of Howard the Duck, real quick, uh Eric from Mighty Marvel Geeks posted this up on uh to us on Tick Island and I over on Facebook. Who would win in a fight? Darkwing Duck or Howard the Duck? Ooh. I said draw. <laughs> they they would go to a you draw. Would. <laughs> I like them both. I can't I can't see one outdoing the other. I'm going to go with Darkwing Duck because he has the gadgets. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. I don't know. It's, it's a toss-up. It's a hard one to call. 
Too close to call. That's where I'm going to leave it. Um, so I guess it's back to me. Yep. How about this one? Deadpool creator and Image co-founder Rob Liefeld buries CM Punk for dig at Image. Let's just see about that, shall we? Mm. Um, of course, we know. For those of you who don't know, in the wrestling world, uh, Cody Rhodes uh, was let go by, well, he asked for his release a few years ago from uh, WWE. And he's been appearing in Impact Wrestling. He appeared in Ring of Honor, was over in Japan doing New Japan, which uh, if you could find it, go check out the latest Wrestle Kingdom it's like there. It's like New Japan Wrestling's WrestleMania. It's a huge event. And talking about entrances, it usually ha- tends to have major entrances, big oh, really? productions for it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I think I have a copy of this year's. I'll upload it to the Google Drive for you if you want to check it out. Um, so apparently, uh, there's been a lot of talk of all elite wrestling make <laughs> with people making it a comparison to Image Comics and CM Punk supposedly got burned by co-founder Rob Liefeld. Now, the new promotion All Elite Wrestling is spearheaded by Shad Khan, Tony Khan, and Cody Rhodes. And it's been making a lot of noise in the wrestling biz. Um, and it's prompted a discussion between Mike Lawrence, who I have no clue, and CM Punk. Uh, of course, you know, CM Punk briefly wrote for the Drax comics. Um, right. Which, oh, who did he write those with? Is it Colin Bunn? Because I know we had his co-writer on the show. Uh, I don't say it, remember. I say it is Colin Bunn. Want to look that up? Wife working like you? Um, sure. So, now, and with Lawrence comparing All Impact Wrestling's possible impact on the industry to Image Comics' early days after those creators split off from Marvel. Uh, Mike Lawrence's, I want to know who this guy is. Let me click on the tweet. He is a comedian and writer for Inside Amy Schumer, Crashing Season 3, Upload and winner of Comedy Central's Roast Battle number season one. Oh, oh I know he is. Okay. So anyhow, he goes, All Elite Wrestling reminds me of Image Comics. They established per- publishers. The established publishers were skeptical, and within a few word, few years, they were copying everything and begging those free-thinking creators to come back. This really is the best thing that could happen to wrestling. CM Punk's reply, so everything's going to be late and most books won't even come out. Also, nobody can draw feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, just to interrupt a quick second. Uh, you are correct. It was Cullen Bunch. <laughs> um, now Rob Liefeld replies back to this tweet. Don't know how many others, repl- how many others replied back to it, but Liefeld's reply, uh, reply is no, the late books will come out, break sales records and create the foundation for a successful company for 27 years now. Um, so Punk then acknowledged the burn by saying, I just got polybagged, hashtag got him, uh, which Liefeld followed up with a three muscle arm reply emojis. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, I don't think he got burned that bad. If anything, I think Punk had the better yeah. better shot than Liefeld. Agreed. Plus, Liefeld didn't even respond to the feet comment, which yeah, <laughs> which everyone jabs at him for. I don't know if I could get him on any of our on either this show or Mighty Marvel Geeks and go. So, how come you can't draw feet? <laughs> I would want to ask that question, but I don't think I could. Just out of respect. But anyway, so now something for the kids. That was a segue. Oh, yes. (laughs) Let us take a little trip into space, the final frontier. Um, there was, in the 1970s, there was a, a cartoon that came out, and it was an animated version of the show Star Trek, which we all remember fondly. That's actually one of the sound effects from both the TV series and the cartoon. <laughs> nice. Um, the show ran for two seasons in the 70s. Watched it both And seasons. has always been considered the unofficial, as did I, um, and has always been considered the unofficial fourth season of Star Trek. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Alex Kurtman is leading the charge uh, into the new era of all things Star Trek, handling pretty much all the new shows coming out. And he has decided to do, to take a tat to 
excuse me, to take a crack at animation once again. Uh, last October, it was announced that the first animated Trek series in over 40 years would be coming to CBS All Access, and it's going to be called Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, Lower Decks is going to be a comedy and is going to be developed by Rick and Morty's Mike McMahon. And the series is going to focus on the support crew members who are assigned to one of Starfleet's least important ships. Uh, And of course, hilarity will ensue. Uh, But if you thought that Lower Decks was going to be the only animated series, you thought wrong. Because in a recent interview with The Hollywood Reporter, uh, Kurtzman revealed that there is a second animated series that is currently in early stages of development. And it would be a kid-focused series uh, in in an attempt to draw in a younger demographic to into the world of Star Trek. Um, and Kurtzman also revealed that the new series may air somewhere other than CBS All Access. To which he said, that there's other great. animated... That would be know, right? There's other animated things that we're building that are an entirely different perspective and an entirely different tone. What's exciting about it is not only looking at each animated series as what's the different tone, but what's the different technology we can apply to these things so that visually they're entirely different. There is no current details on this new show, but uh, but Kurtzman didn't even uh, give any hints as to story, cast, or where in the timeline the series would be set. Um, he he did, did talk a little bit about his approach to expanding the Trek universe on television saying our goal is not is to not only expand the definition of star trek and what has qualified as traditional star trek but also to tell stories that are both self-contained in a very short period of time that also connect to the larger picture of what we're doing not only in discovery but in the world building of trek in general and you get to tell these very intimate, emotional stories that are side stories to characters. So you get the benefit of the experience in and of itself. But then when you watch Discovery, you'll see that there that these were all setting up things in the world of season two. So it's I like that they're expanding the Star Trek, bringing trying to bring back Star Trek in all these different ways. I just wish it wasn't on CBS All Access only. Yeah, wasn't it supposed to show up like six? months later on uh on netflix i'm not isn't sure it, about isn't it? it i know the rest of the world outside of u.s and canada it was supposed to be next day but i thought with yeah you at least the u.s it was going to show up um what you call it it, it was gonna it was gonna show up on um six months down the road well it's long overdue yeah really now with this kid show you think they're trying to do like rebels or uh clone wars and whatnot and try and draw the kids in that way hoping if they do a yeah, cartoon that, they'll pull it in that was kind of um the thought that occurred to me um i think they're they're seeing how well it has done for star wars maybe and saying hey you know the people love the original animated series so why not try to bring back right. animated series i don't know maybe it'll work maybe it won't um but uh, i'm hoping it does but star trek 4 has lost its director and now is being shelved indefinitely and part of the blame is star wars Crazy. let's just add Let's just add more fuel to the fire for the Trek Wars. Um, yeah, really. <laughs> continuation. Because, like, Forbes comes out and says Paramount has canceled Star Wars or Star Trek 4 and Disney Star Wars is to blame. Uh, their reasoning? Um, trying to find the story. Or, I found the story. I'm trying to find. Um, I guess they're blaming because J.J. Abrams left to go do Star Wars is, <laughs> is the reasoning. Which, okay. Um so anyhow, according to the Nerdist, um, while a fourth Star Trek film may happen at some point, the further and further we get away from Star Trek's Beyond from 2016, the less likely it will happen. Uh, the current film series began 10 years ago with J.J. Abrams uh, with his 2009 reboot, reboot uh, which was a commercial and critical success. Um 
no one was sure if the cast of the original series would work with the new actors in the roles. But Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, and the rest quit, uh, quitted themselves in the eyes of the fans. Carl Urban, I thought, was almost perfect for McCoy. Uh, Quint- oh yeah, he was great. Quinto I mean, even had Nimoy's blessing. Um, oh, yeah. Simon Pegg, I was still eh, uh, uh, Scott. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I could take it. I mean, uh, I, I could go either way with him, but I mean, he did a good job with the role, but it's not who. Yeah. I don't see Scott visually with him or hear it. Right. Um, Zoe Zandala as Yahura. Mm. Kinda. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. Her. I don't see it, but I do hear it. The one that kind yeah. of bugged me slightly, and I thought he did a great job, but it it just something was missing. That was Chris Pine as Kirk. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I I wanted him to do on occasion a, a Shatner impersonation. <laughs> well, uh, well, Spock, I don't know if that would have worked well. But. No, not not the whole time. But like when, when he's talking about um, Spock, you need to remove yourself from the chair because you're not you're not sound mind i would love to have heard you know just every now and then with a line deliver it shatner-esque but spock you're not a sound mind <laughs> type thing you know mm-hmm. give it that shatner flair just every just every sure, now sure. and one so uh so the franchise never became the Marvel or Star Wars level hit overseas that Paramount wanted. And with the less, last film making less money than the previous two, it seems they're ready to give up on this iteration of the series. No doubt Star Trek will return to the movie screens one day, but it seems less likely it will be with these actors as the original sh- series crew. The Shatner Nimoy crew did six films together. And it seems odd that despite Trek 09 being the most successful film in the entire movie franchise, that this crew wouldn't get at least one or two more installments. But it looks like that's just not meant to be. Hmm. So here's my question. Abrams is done with episode nine this year. Could he go back once he's wrapped filming and post and has laid episode nine to bed? Would he potentially go back and do Star Trek four? Would you want him to do that? Or now that he's done two Star Wars films, he needs to stay in Star Wars. No, I mean, he could go back, but I don't see why they couldn't just get somebody else to do it, too. True. Well, at this point in time, let Zachary Quinto give his hand at it. I mean, he he so much used Nimoy as a mentor, and the Nimoy films were great. Mm. Let him tackle it. He's got his head on his shoulders for it, so I say let him have it. I agree, yeah. So, but... I just, I just, I want them to continue. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess at this point in time, we'll just move along. Yeah. Well, let's move on to a little DC news. And, um, years ago, there was a comic that came out. Uh, it was written by Jeff Loeb, drawn by Tim Sale, and it was called Batman, the Long Halloween. Ah, great book. Uh, great series. It was a great book. Very popular and everybody liked it. Uh, well, now it appears that they're going to be doing an animated version of that story. Wow. Um, so, yes. So first, if you're not familiar with the story, here's a little synopsis. Christmas, St. Patrick's Day, Easter. As the calendar's days stack up, so do the bodies littered in the streets of Gotham City. A murderer is loose, killing only on holidays. The only man that can stop this fiend? The Dark Knight. In a mystery taking place during Batman's early days of crime fighting. Batman, The Long Halloween, is one of the greatest Dark Knight stories ever told. Working with District Attorney Harvey Dent and Lieutenant James Gordon, Batman races against the calendar as he tries to discover who Holiday is before he claims his next victim each month. A mystery that has the reader continually guessing the identity of the killer. This story also ties into the events that transform Harvey Dent into Batman's deadly enemy to face um so it looks like they're going to be doing this as a as two possibly two feature length animated movies and um apparently it's going to be a standalone project that doesn't connect to any of the previous dc animated films which makes sense since the story was kind of its own thing um looks like the voice cast will include troy baker jensen ackles naya rivera Titus Welliver, David Dasmalkian, Jim Perry, Amy Lindecker, Matthew 
Gray Goobler, Katie Sackoff, and Fred Tatasiori. Interesting. I'm sure I said some of those wrong. But, um, and of course, some of those actors have portrayed uh, characters in previous DC animated films, um, playing different characters. Uh, for example, Baker has played Joker, Two-Face, and Batman. So it'll be interesting to see who they play in this film. Um, so there's no word yet on when this will come out, but I think it'll be very interesting. It's a good story, and I think it'll make a good uh, a good animated film. Yeah, sounds like it. I hope. I wonder. I hope. I kind of hoping they'll they'll do an animation style similar to Tim Sale's artwork. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if they could do it, if they were able to do it with Justice League Final Frontier. I think they could do it. With right. This. Yes. Yeah. Now, I will say, I yeah. love seeing Gotham by Gaslight mm. done, but I th- and I also thought I would love. I was I was really looking forward to um, the uh, Judas Contract Titans. Oh right. Yeah. Judas Contract. I was not happy with they strayed from the storyline a lot really yeah i didn't see that one and gotham by gaslight i thought they kind of strayed some too because i thought the whole thing was supposed to be based around what i remember reading it was based around the whole batman goes over to help with the jack the ripper murders right and just kind of strayed from that they just Hmm. put him into a into that time period yeah that's like um when they did the the animated version of the Killing Joke, and they added that like the first extra half stuff with yeah, the first I don't know half. why they did that because they felt they needed to mm-hmm. add another half hour to it to make it a hour and a half or yeah, or make know. it an hour. <laughs> See how that goes. Now, when they started with the knock on the door at Barbara's apartment, which essentially the first set of frames from the from the comic from that right. point forward they nailed killing joke right and that was perfect but to to have batman and batgirl have an affair yeah which would have never weird. have been done in the books yeah ever it was weird and unnecessary correct and i didn't understand what it did to help uh advance the story any right yeah so anyway talking about advancing stories um how about one fee for Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu? That would be pretty sweet. Uh, Hollywood Reporter is putting out there that um, in 2015, there were 205.4 million traditional paid television subscribers in the U.S. But by 2022, the number will have fallen to just 169.7 million. They're expecting a big drop. Now, observers are increasingly believing it's inevitable that the era of bundled streamers is near as households tire of paying an average of 100 and seven dollars a month for cable yeah yes my cable bill is high but a good chunk of it is my internet let's regulate that and get that down some too yeah really so um so as the great debundling of cable that could be a good show title for us the great debundling of our show of weeby geeks <laughs> i feel like we've debundled um actually this could be a better title skinny digital offerings um <laughs> of course you know grows you know the debundling of cable grows courtesy of skinny digital offerings where consumers have a few dozen channels uh let's think sling tv from dish network i didn't know slink tv was owned by dish i didn't either um instead of several hundred um roku on january 2nd took a baby step toward bundling streamers the maker of the smart tv device which i have one i love it um Mm -hmm. said its customers can now choose from 25 offerings including showtime stars and epics along lesser known streaming entities like noggin dropout and taste made and pay for them all on a single bill financial terms weren't disclosed but it is estimated that roku is taking up to an ongoing 20 percent commission on each subscriber it enlists nope so um now while the big three netflix hulu and amazon were absent from the list of streamers um available on a single bill at roku observers increasingly believe that it's inevitable that the era of bundled streamers is near as households are trying to thin their payments on cable tv um uh, now i want to go to roku's website and see what the streaming all back are uh, roku because i know on my device they don't mention it uh there's on the roku channel free flicks for the whole movie 
or for the whole family. Products, streaming players, special offers. See what that is. TV deals, no. Uh, I'm not seeing the bundled deals. Hmm. So I don't. I and I I don't remember getting an email about it because I'm I'm registered on Roku because I own a Roku. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't I don't know. Hmm. Because they're not, I mean, what's the cost? You, you buy the box or fire or stick. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't really say anything. So, but personally, I want to see the bun. I would love to see it happen. Yeah, me too. That would be awesome. So I, I think that would be cool, um, cool to have. So uh, I know I might consider it if it's where I could pick and choose and I could get stuff like for 20 bucks, get Showtime, HBO, some of that other stuff outside of Netflix. Oh, yeah. I, I would consider it. Definitely. That would be great. So, I mean, it's not like I'm a, I'm in a hobbit hole or something. My internet's pretty good. <laughs> that, was, that was nice. That was nice. I thought you like that. <laughs> well, calling all Lord of the Rings fans, um, you now have a chance to check out some of the greatest uh, pieces of work involving Lord of the Rings and its creator, Mr. Tolkien. Uh, because there is an exhibit coming to America called Tolkien, Maker of Middle-Earth, and it's running from January 25th to May 12th of this year at New York's Morgan Library and Museum. And uh, it is billed as the most extensive public display of original Tolkien material for several generations. It draws from the collections of the Tolkien Archive at the Bodleian Library in Oxford, uh, Market University Libraries in Milwaukee, the Morgan, and private lenders. All told, it will include family photos and memorabilia, Tolkien's original illustrations, maps, draft manuals, manuscripts, and designs related to The Hobbit, The Lord of the Rings, and The Silmarillion. Uh, I always have trouble with that one. <laughs> Silmarillion. Um, there is also going to be original illustration of Smog the Dragon from Hobbit, uh, Sauron's Dark Tower, um, and other recognizable characters, as well as that of Tolkien's draft manuscripts that provide a window into his creative process, as well as the vivid expanse world, expansive worlds he created. Okay. So, uh, and then it goes on to say, the Lord of the Rings has remained comically divisive. <laughs> uh, it is either adored with varying degrees of guilt or robustly despised, often by those who have yet to open it. <laughs> after I enjoyed after the books. Exhibition, hmm? I enjoyed the books. I've never actually, I want to read them, but I never actually have. Um, but after seeing an ex exhibition like Tolkien Maker of Middle Earth, even their harshest critics may well find themselves persuaded to acknowledge the scale and depth of the book's achievement, as well as the dedication and even bravery of its creator. The Lord of the Rings may be the final stab at epic, and there is invariably something risky, if not downright risable in a last gasp. But Tolkien believed that he could reproduce the epic form under modern conditions. The fruit of that belief continues to enrapture readers of all ages more than 60 years later. So if you're a big Tolkien fan, this looks like a, a really in-depth and fascinating exhibit. Yeah. That have a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Just the original artwork and his would be amazing. Oh, yeah. So. You see the original manuscript and everything? Yeah, oh, yeah. Be awesome. Well, I'm going to end this with this game of thrones won by sunday the 14th is that right sunday the 13th we should have the release date of season seven the final season but game of hey, thrones excellent. prequel casts eight rising stars um the, the following stars will join naomi watts and joyce and josh whitehouse in the pilot from writers jane goldman and franchise mastermind george rr R. martin additionally S.J. Clarkson um, has been tapped to direct the pilot. Cast as series regulars are um, Naomi Aki, who is appearing in Episode 9, Star Wars Episode 9, Denise Gog, uh, Jamie Campbell Bauer, uh, Shalia ATM, or Adam, uh, Ivano Jeremiah, George Henley, Alex Sharp, and Toby Regbo. <laughs> 
So uh, the drama is set for thousands of years before the events of the current stuff. And the story chronicles the world, the world's descent from the golden age of heroes into its darkest hours. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to see when this is slated to uh, the prequel is expected to announce its uh, additional casting on the prequel is expected to be announced later. Uh, I don't and I think the same with when it will actually be released on HBO, but I can't wait to see it. We're, we're starting to get a get a cast. So it's all coming together. Yep. Any final thoughts? Uh, yes, I had one. Uh, the trailer has come out for the second season of The Punisher. Oh, it looks great. It looks like it's going to be pretty. I yeah. can't wait. How about uh, this one? Enjoy it now because it will probably get canceled. Oh, most likely. How about this one? DC Universe Online celebrates its eighth year anniversary at the time of this recording. Can you believe really? that game's been on online eight years? Wow. Wow. So that's what, 2011 when that started? Amazing. Yeah. Huh. Absolutely amazing. I actually got when it first when it first came out. My wife got me either for Christmas or for my birthday. I don't remember. Uh, they had a collector's edition of it with a Batman statue. Oh yeah. I, I actually got to beta test it. Because one of my managers at work, one of my managers at work uh, was involved. I think Sony Entertainment had it initially. The game. Mm, yes, I believe. Yeah. And he he used to go every year to the to the Sony Entertainment, which is the game stuff uh Sony Online Entertainment. He used to go to their conventions all the time, and he was—he's good friends with a lot of the people there. And he oh, okay. got me and one or two other people um, beta keys to try out the game. Oh, that's cool. So I was one of the beta testers. It was—I enjoy the game. When Marvel Heroes came out, I was hoping it was going to be something similar to DC Universe Online, but based around the Marvel world. And when it turned into more of an mm-hmm. online version of, of Diablo, I'm like, eh. Uh, cool, but I'd rather create my own Marvel character and go to town. Yeah, really. So, and fight alongside the Avengers or Luke Cage or whatever, like I do in DC Universe. There's only so much Toxic Snot and the Crybaby can do. <laughs> Crybaby wears a, he's, he's the, I went with the the giant muscle head, mm. almost like a Hulk looking guy, wearing sunglasses, uh, schoolboy shorts, leather jacket with the flames, and it's <laughs> pink flames, <laughs> pink socks, and loafers. <laughs> And I made him an acrobat <laughs> for movement. So that that was my fun one. But the one I play the most is Toxic Snot. So I had a friend in high school uh, from the Philly area area who uh, he he had named his band Toxic Snot. I'm like, dude, that would be such a great sports sports team name as well. I actually got a chance to make a one off hockey jersey with that on it. So I like using that name, Toxic Snot. It's fun. So uh, anything else? Uh, nope, that's all I've got. And, uh, we're just gonna ask this question to you citizens out there. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.